Guys, 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 great news. We've only gone and done it. We've figured out how to solve the climate crisis. It's communism. It's just so simple. We're going to go into that. It's a, a paper coming out of the journal Nature. But before all that, welcome to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Commentary, comedy and conversation please remember to like share subscribe and comment okay leaping with enthusiasm into today's episode so this was supposedly posted on twitter by a european economist as far as i can gather i'm not sure if this guy is part of the european union or what so i won't for that reason, I won't name him. I don't really... All I know is he is an economist. And he posted this, and this is a paper coming out of the journal Nature. And the paper is titled, Inequality can double the energy required to secure universal decent living. So what on earth are they talking about here? Well, let's have a look at the introduction. The issues of ecological breakdown and economic inequality have become increasingly prominent in recent decades, forming the focus of multiple United Nations sustainable development goals and social movements from Occupy Wall Street to Fridays for Future. They go on, if the warnings of researchers studying the evolution of a civilizations are to be believed, if they are to be believed, it's in their introduction, this is a welcome development. Some researchers suggest that both ecological overshoot and extreme social inequality tend to accompany the collapse of civilizations. There's a lot of sums and beliefs and tens in these statements. As the material basis, uh, was it? Uh, as the material basis for meeting human needs is eroded, those at the bottom immediately feel the effects. In contrast, luxury consumption of elites continues until the bitter end, furthering overshoot. It's just, it's so interesting because the material basis for meeting human needs is eroded, those at the bottom, sorry, as the material basis for meeting human needs is eroded, those at the bottom immediately feel the effects. Yeah, you shut down the world for two years. Not not the people writing this paper. The people pulling the strings behind the scenes. The, the big money, the old money behind the scenes, whoever's pulling the strings of the governments that were all in cahoots together spouting the same crap for two years you locked down the earth for the most part people couldn't travel people couldn't open their businesses people couldn't go visit friends and family who felt the effects first or was that just part of being fair big business got to remain open and they made a killing so this goes on anxiety that civilization is entering a period of severe decline isn't only found on the margins of academic discourse, and for the first time the scale is global. See, I have I have anxiety about a, a totalitarian takeover, quite frankly, and uh, that's why prepping has become important. People remember what was it uh, Y two K? You know the year two thousand thing. The bug is going to take us all down. We're all that was it. We're over. And people made fun of the, the preppers. And once it passed, the the preppers and things were made fun of. Oh, you silly goose. <laughs> what were you thinking? Not not so silly, those people. 
at all. In fact, they were onto it far earlier than than most of us, who have just become completely and utterly dependent on technology and the supermarkets being open and the shelves being stocked. So, yeah, prepping, it's it's become a lot more important today as we're seeing concerns from Europe, coming out of Europe with their potential blackouts and pushing people to shower less and basically use less electricity. Two weeks to flatten the uh, electrical problem curve something like that anyway anyway back to the paper are concerns about global ecological breakdown are long-standing but societies have yet to summon the capacity to substantially reduce anthropogenic sorry anthro anthropogenic anthropogenic impacts we remain headed towards a climate emergency while many other ecological impacts are at potentially catastrophic levels researchers of existential risk have begun to take climate change seriously, highlighting the potential for climate impacts to cascade through food, provisioning and political systems in ways that fragment the global cooperation required to address emissions and heighten other existential risks, e.g. nuclear catastrophes. Of course, inequality is thoroughly entangled with these dynamics. Climate change and other ecological impacts are driven by the global north and affluent populations elsewhere, whose luxury consumption can be more difficult to decarbonise than that of those living at sufficiency. And in highly unequal societies, where resentment and mistrust are widespread and basic needs of many unmet, ecological shocks are more likely to translate into socio-economic instabilities or violent conflicts. That's right guys, we just need to make things more equal and it will fix all the problems but this continues this is this is interesting the growing trend for global elites to purchase apocalypse real estate in the apparent safe haven of new zealand puts into sharp focus people's unequal capacities to adapt to ecological and socio-economic instabilities see for example why silicon valley billionaires are prepping for the apocalypse in new zealand so that either means that i am in the best possible country to be in or the so-called Silicon Valley billionaires are doing weird shit in this country. I don't know what it is, uh, but that article from The Guardian about the Silicon Silicon Valley billionaires prepping for the apocalypse in New Zealand came out in, sorry, in New Zealand, should pronounce that correctly, came out in uh, 2018. Now, I'll just skip down this article, uh, this paper. It's quite a long paper. I'll leave the link for anybody who wants to peruse it. They say the key message emerging from this work is that inequality substantially increases the energy requirements of securing decent living standards for all. A world where decent living is secured universal, universally, but materially, uh, but material inequalities within countries remain close to current levels could have twice the energy consumption of an egalitarian world, with inequalities based only upon need. From each according to his ability, to each according to his need. So who gets to decide what you get, what I get, and what are we doing? Where are we working? Are we doing anything? Are we just sitting there? Are we just going to lock down the world again? Just sit at home, wear some VR goggles, go into the, the metaverse get given if we're we're good little boys and girls we get given some central bank digital currency to play with in the metaverse 
maybe some food shows up at the door that they can just send a drone around and drop us some bread maybe it's you know a bit of bread maybe some some cricket bug protein on the side is that is that enough or what we're all going to be monitored anyway aren't we through our phones or through through what how are we going to monitor the we're going to wear little bracelets or some people are going to have chips and, and they can monitor constantly monitor health and then you can just exactly determine what sustenance you need and now if you're working a more if you're actually out there working maybe you're just working in the metaverse you don't actually need any sustenance just sit in your chair until you die well that sounds enjoyable hope the sarcasm came through of course now are they going to calculate whether you are you are working a physical job outside or not who's doing all those calculations there was a uh, I think it was it was in one of the might have been in Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago or one of these um, history books about you know totalitarianism, communism, Nazism, whatever it was, and uh, the particular camp didn't factor in that the the levels of the rations for each prisoner that was given was worked for well worked but kept them alive in a particular prison. But when they got sent to an actual working camp, they kept them on the same rations and people just dropped like flies. So, you know, based upon need, I'm sure that they've got some sort of computer model nowadays, some fancy-dancy computer model where we can just have equality or egalitarian societies that will work perfectly fine. Communism will be perfect. It will just work because we'll have AI that's where I think some people's heads are at. Now, this paper, to its credit, to its credit, it says this, an egalitarian world where material inequalities within and between countries are based only upon need is, of course, a fantasy. But they then then go on to say, more realistically, inequalities could be reduced to levels broadly thought to be fair. And this would reduce the need for such high technological ambition and or negative emissions. But current economic inequalities are an order of magnitude larger than people considered than people consider fair, even without considering inequalities between countries. And in the absence of drastic structural economic changes, well, I'd say some of those drastic structural economic changes are currently happening with the volatility of the economy and the pushing for these CBDCs. Anyway, without that they'll likely remain well beyond fair levels, partly because most are unaware of how unequal the societies they live in are. No, we're being told all the time. Not only do these inequalities have severe implications for simultaneously meeting environmental and development goals, including climate and other planetary boundaries, they also pose major... Buzzword, ready, 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 buzzword. They also pose major justice concerns. Given all this... The paper goes on, inequality should be considered as important as the traditional drivers of population, technology and affluence when analysing ecological impacts. However, the present work should not be used to argue population is unimportant. (laughs) For three reasons. First, large reductions in population growth would result from increasing women's bodily autonomy and more broadly achieving the sustainable development goals. Uh, just unbelievable, wasn't it? Indeed, globally, half of pregnancies are unintended, and in low-income regions, 60% of those go on to become unplanned pregnancies. 
But if conversations about population growth remain as heated as they've become, the political will required for extending family planning services may be diminished. Second, those arguing overconsumption, not overpopulation, dominates ecological impacts, reference the very low per capita impacts in high fertility regions today. But current consumption is irrelevant unless one condemns these populations to remain at their current living standards, which are incompatible with human flourishing. The important question asks what would be the ecological impacts of providing these people with good living standards uh, while reducing overconsumption of wealthy populations. And there it is. And if you're paying attention to what's happening in the world, it's kind of what we're seeing. The inflation of our currencies and the various attacks on well meat and our ability to drive our cars with the cost of fuel and even in Europe now with the the energy crisis going on with them having to limit showers and other things in the country just two weeks apparently just two weeks to flatten the energy curve they continue finally however this focus on impacts in relation to population growth distracts from the potentially larger issue of exposure to harm Lower population growth in Africa, for example, may make little difference to global carbon emissions, but it would substantially reduce the population at risk of hunger in a warming world. That is essentially saying it is better to not be alive. It's better to not be born than to potentially suffer in the world. And that to me is just a mind-boggling thing to say and to even consider now of course if i get into the mindset of somebody who maybe lives in the uh, the nihilist paradigm or you know doesn't believe in god there's there's no meaning it doesn't matter the, we protect the planet at all costs humans are a well what some people see what you see online is a, a parasitic creature that is attached to the planet apparently these people think that you can see how human life to them isn't divine or sacred where from a christian uh, christian's point of view it absolutely is human life is sacred so to hear statements like that coming out of these scientific papers is massively concerning and and of course you do see a lot of this that depopulation stuff out and about and if you do want to get into the more conspiratorial side of things you could certainly argue there is a massive push for depopulation with things such as well you can see the the transgender stuff being pushed that's destroying people's bodies you can see contraception being pushed abortion being pushed there's a massive outcry of the recent roe v wade decision now our diet and lack of exercise and the medications that we're on and then of course things like this where they're pushing uh, the climate crisis, the climate change, pushing that sort of fear and showing or telling people that the more people you bring into the world, the more that they could potentially suffer or add to climate change. There's a lot of propaganda around this and for the conspiratorial minded, the depopulation push seems very, very real. And ultimately what you're seeing with these types of papers that the, the inequality 
uh, uh, can double the energy required to secure universal decent living. What you're seeing there is the fact that we have to be egalitarian. We have to be as equal as we possibly can. And and quite frankly, that is asking for socialism. What what is social socialism is pushed as fair and equal, but it's not it's not really becoming there was actually a Michael Schellenberg, I think it was in one of his books, Michael Schellenberger mentions that the more might have also been the human progress website that the more wealthy a country becomes the more focused they get on the um the environment and protecting the environment and with papers like this what it's what they seem to argue is that well we mean we need to make people more equal which means taking from the middle classes and let's face it the one percent aren't going to be affected by this no matter what you do so what's going to happen is the middle and upper classes are going to be dragged down and we're all going to be at that equally poor phase, but but enough to get by, while we, while the ruling elite will continue to live their happy little lives, ruling over us. That's how I read all of this. And essentially, what what you're asking for is a socialist communist system. But don't worry about it. It's all equal and fair, and we will determine what you need. And uh, it's just all for the good of the planet. I have heard people arguing that the whole climate crisis push is going to backfire on them because people have had enough of it and aren't falling for it. But see, I disagree with that because of what we're seeing with the young kids coming out, they get so indoctrinated at, at school and at university that they are terrified of the world being set on fire, basically. They're terrified of climate change. And people thought the whole diversity stuff was a load of nonsense you know seven eight years ago and now look what's happening everything's about diversity and equality and acceptance of radical ideologies so no i think that this is a real problem i think that it this is how things like the central bank digital currency get pushed in people will just call for it we need to stop people's ability as i mentioned in yesterday's episode we need to stop people's ability to be able to buy things at some point in the future Buying a, a gas-powered car will only be for the uber-rich, the ultra-rich. And same with meat. That will be an absolute luxury item. And the rest, well, the time it's it's factory food for you. So anyway, I'll leave that paper there. But that was tweeted out by a European economist. And I just think, well, that's the mindset of of a lot of people and it's the mindset of a lot of people in charge not necessarily the people pulling the strings the people pulling the strings deep behind the scenes oh they love this stuff because uh, it basically brings in or enables a, a system of control over us okay well thank you for listening to this episode of the arriving somewhere with matt j podcast commentary comedy and conversation And I will talk to you again soon.